Hello and welcome back to The Voices Around You, a podcast designed to discuss different topics around us in the world from a millennial's perspective. This is the last weekend in March, and as many of you might know by now, March is Women's History Month. We all come from different walks of life, and based on that, we all have our different opinions and beliefs. On today's podcast, my guests Kalsum Haider and I are sitting down to talk about feminism through our different lenses and millennial perspectives. So, hello Kalsum, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm excited. I think it'll be a fun conversation. So Kalsum, tell me a little bit about yourself, what you do. Just tell me a little bit about you. Yeah, so I am a fourth year biology student here at UW-Sphere. You've known me since freshman year. And I work at St. Luke's Hospital, so I'm a phlebotomist, so I draw blood and stuff. And um, I think I'm a pretty outgoing person. I like to explore and do stuff. I'm secretly a super big nerd, which if you're a science major, you don't have to be secretive about it. But if you're (laughs) not, then yeah. So I like to read a lot and stuff like that. But I grew up in the cities in Minneapolis, St. Paul area. And my parents are both from Pakistan. So they came here in the 90s and stuff. And so, yeah, I've been around this area for like almost all my life. And you were born here and raised here in the U.S., right? Yes, I was born and raised here for <laughs> anyone and everyone that asked me. <laughs> yeah. Just to clarify yeah, yeah, that. Just to clarify, which, yeah. <laughs> so, do you consider yourself a feminist? Yes. Why? I, because I think you'd have to go out of your way not to be one. I think normally thinking people who believe that equal opportunity for men and women and that your gender shouldn't define your inability to have an opportunity that's what makes you a feminist so i don't think it's about like what we think men or women can do better i think it's just a matter of leaving that option open to each individual and looking at them as an individual before looking at what equipment they have in their pants basically yeah sometimes i feel like it's so much work it's harder to be a sexist rather than to just believe in equality it puts in so much more work right absolutely you then have to look at people for every specific label that you decide to put on them instead of just letting them tell you what they are what they believe in and then letting them work through their life you know so yeah it's harder almost to not be a feminism if you understand feminism's definition and if you understand like what women actually want from feminism then really the definition becomes quite simple and then it's really not that hard in my opinion to be one but you know there are different waves of feminism and feminism at least for me i feel like it's a very vague phrase and a lot of people can identify as a feminist in their own different ways so for example whenever i talk to guys and i ask them are you guys feminists they're like no we're not feminists i'm not a feminist you know and i'm like why don't you think that both men and women should have equal opportunity and they're like yeah okay yeah I, th- I think they should both have you know equal opportunity I'm like yeah. okay then why don't you identify as a feminist yeah you know yeah yeah it's because people don't just identify with the label they identify with all the connotations that come with it right so I think that's kind of the issue and especially like guys are a little bit more sensitive to that which is interesting because, like, <laughs> we cook for them and clean for them and, and do their laundry. So, really, <laughs> why don't we just get a degree with it? But We birth them. Yeah. No, honestly. So, no, uh, I'm just kidding. But I think, like, it's women, too. But it's men, especially, I think, that just tend to be a little more vocal about it. But it's the idea of having the opportunity is that's not really an issue you know as you're saying like they're fine with that I think a a lot of it is they don't want to be emasculated and like I and part of that I think comes from like almost like a neo-feminism I don't know if that's the correct term but it's this almost like idea that certain feminists have that like 
and it's I think it comes from an individual perspective. I don't think it comes from like a collective, but I think that a certain women maybe as individuals are a little like gung ho about like hating men, but that's I think an individual thing. I don't think that's a feminist thing at all. And I think that's given it a bad name. But like we've seen that in history time and time again. We're a small group of people ruin it for everybody mm-hmm. else as a muslim i can i can definitely attest to that so <laughs> you know i think like the guys that we do see that have that reaction have that reaction because they're responding to that connotation uh that comes with feminism you know instead of what feminism's definition is and like i also sometimes think it would be so much easier if guys identify as feminists yeah. or like have conversations about it and speak about it because it also sometimes puts more pressure on a man to act like a man you mm-hmm. know yeah no you're right and normalizing it i think is really important too yeah. because the truth is like it is a big deal when we choose to isolate it and make it something different if we're giving people opportunities like if we're giving everyone just the right to education and the right to to freedom of speech and all this and that then it, it, we should be able to just say it and normalize it and not make it like a it goes out of your way to believe in this you know mm-hmm. at one point we thought about that with racism and inequality and especially in this country like you had to go out of your way to be open-minded to let people come and sit at the same table as you you know so i think we just have to normalize that conversation mm-hmm. and then w- through that conversation you end up normalizing the label you know or like the label of feminism or what it is mm-hmm. So, in what ways do you think as a society we've improved in speaking about feminism or being, you know, more pro women or accepting women as equals? Well, one way actually, maybe this isn't like what would come to my mind first, but I think being in this space has really helped, but I think going into like very creative things. You know, I'm a science major, so I kind of look at it like before the gender roles that we had, we had because they were the most effective ways of survival. Now, because of technology, we're able to go outside of those roles. And it was never a matter of we did not have the mental capability as the same as men or this or that. But physically speaking, at a very basic caveman, cavewoman time, it was easiest and most effective to have the gender roles that we had, you know. Now we don't need that. So as the centuries have progressed, and especially in recent years, and in the last 100 years even, we have been able to become more creative in what we do in our jobs, in our careers, not just as women, as people, you know. And so I think in the way that we've advanced as human beings, we have been able to come outside of our gender roles. So then feminism isn't even about like what physically we can do the same as men. It's about that mental like breaking through that barrier. Like at one point, farmers, for example, like women didn't work outside. Then women started working outside of the home because then technologically we advanced as well. Like that's that's one perspective. That's my perspective mm-hmm. and one part of it. And so you know after that we went and we started the arts and fine arts and we started you know men painted women and women were the muse and then women picked up the brush you know like we didn't only have to now cook and clean and do all this and that like we're able to start expressing ourselves as well you mm-hmm. know or we saw it pervade like our society more maybe we women were had always been doing it but now it was more mainstream so I think being able to come out of our gender roles and technology and everything happening in that coming forward we're able to more creatively like be who we are and not have to put our gender first does that make sense because mm-hmm. like you know sometimes when i have these conversations with people i feel like people don't think about it from the angle that you just explained it perfectly in a way that makes sense to me at least mm-hmm. we're like yeah like i'm an adult enough to understand that we have different physical abilities mm-hmm. 
like not every woman wants to become a farmer okay right, exactly. not every woman wants to like i don't know work as a police officer not every woman wants no. wants the you know be in the army not you know yeah. there are women that want that and women should be given the opportunity to do yeah. that if they want to yeah. and you cannot tell me that oh the woman can't do the job because she she's not strong enough or whatever because people who get into these types of jobs goes through certain trainings yes. you know it's not a, it's a, qualification it's not just a matter of exactly i'm a weak person yeah and i don't think i'm very strong per se physically physically yeah yeah like i mean i'm not very strong physically so i, I don't see myself doing these jobs mm-hmm. but if i was a strong woman and i want to do them i think i should because mm-hmm. i've met some strong girls that will take dudes yeah. down for roll you oh, know like yeah. they're are and and we should be given the opportunity if we want to do it we, we shouldn't be forced to be in certain jobs or or certain roles in society because yeah. of our gender yeah exactly exactly like it basically we were put like not that we were even put in that position but basically i mean later we were but at some point it was easiest it was the most efficient is the more i think better word it was the most efficient way to live And when you're able to live outside of efficiency, you're able to live creatively. And then your life is more saturated. It's more enjoyable. We have now, as human beings, we have a higher standard of living and we're able to do more. So we don't have to look at, you know, just our gender. And also we're able to look at things past our gender because of everything that's like, you know, from a scientific even perspective, we're able to look at things past your what's on the outside, right? Like we know what the brain looks like on the inside. We know the differences between men and women, where they differ, where they're the same. So we know now what it takes to do jobs, what on an individual basis, what it takes. And then sometimes where gender affects where it doesn't, most of the time it really doesn't anymore. And if there is, we know enough about it that we know ways around it. We can get around it. You know, that's why so many sports now, even competitively, even in the Olympics have both men's and women's it's so it's not to say like like it's fair to say that women should compete against women and men should compete against men in matter of sport but that doesn't mean women shouldn't compete at all they do compete they Mm -hmm. compete against women so that they're judged on an individual basis you know Mm -hmm. so that i think is an example of like you look at what you have and you work with it but you have that opportunity to do it it doesn't stop you or limit you you're then looked at who you are as a person you know yeah and like especially when it comes to sports like you brought it up Females should be allowed to do whatever sports that they want to, and then we compete against each other. Maybe if I have the same physical capability as a man, and I, I don't know how that really works again because right. I'm not a scientist, right. but if I can, because people, when they play sports against each other, they weight them, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, especially when it comes to like sports that are very physical. physical we need to have such. almost the same weight, same mass, and yes. things like that. Yes. So, uh, again... If we can do that and people want to do that, go ahead for it. But we should not be stopped to play a sport, period. Because when I play against another woman, me and her are going to be the same weight, the same, you know, mass and all the things that needs to be there when it comes to the sport. Exactly. And that's even just the simplest form of an example because that is just physical strength. Mm -hmm. And even then you work your way around that. And now if you add in like jobs, careers, arts, in not even in a competitive environment, in just workforce in your life like it being a man or a woman doesn't make a difference the way it used to there's no need for it anymore you know but you know i think it's important to look at it from another perspective too we as women i feel like because we've had to fill a a specific role for so long we feel the need to be more than that role and if we want to as a person be more than that role i think that's super we should be able to absolutely 
However, I think women who want to be homemakers, for example, or who want to fill the role of being at home, they then feel inadequate. And I think that's really an important thing to bring up because as someone who comes from an immigrant family, you know, my mom back in Pakistan, she got her master's in biochemistry and this and that. She's an educated woman. She came here. Her stuff didn't transfer over. Right. And especially 30 years ago, it didn't transfer over. Mm-hmm. So she had to, for the time being, she worked a little bit out of the house, but because of the situation that my parents were in, she wasn't able to work outside of the house the way that she had in Pakistan, right? Mm-hmm. So she was a homemaker for a long time and she chose that as well. But like my mom tells me now, she's like, I loved doing it and I wish I hadn't felt shame in that because there's pride in that too. And I think that's really important that when us as women, when we are going and stepping forward into all of these things that we should be, that we need to make sure we're still holding the hands of the women who are homemakers and supporting them in their roles as well. Because there's honor in that and there's hard work and there's strength in that too, you know? And I think a lot of people sometimes accidentally, maybe not on purpose, and I give them the benefit of the doubt, but we'll shame them for that, you know? Or we'll be like, don't be just a homemaker, be more than that. Why Why are we saying don't be just a homemaker? This is the foundation of every person's childhood. This is who they are is how much time their parents spend on them. There's no doubt about that. So I feel like we have to be more conscious that like we don't put down a role because it's still that woman's choice to do that, you mm-hmm. know? Absolutely, I agree. If I choose or a woman chooses to stay home because she wants to stay home, amen, hallelujah. And being a mother is a hard job, you know? Touching on this topic, like, I also think if a man chooses that he wants to stay home and be exactly. like a, a, a you know a homemaker just a homemaker, a homemaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah then be one you know exactly no one should be shamed for choosing to do that no. but no one should be forced to do that no. there's a really big difference because yes. I believe in human will yes. I should make my own choices my choices should not be made for me yes I 100% agree and that's why it's so important to give people their individualism to on that level so that women can choose and so that men can stay home because a lot of men probably want to help their wives want to help their families at home and they maybe want to spend more time with their kids they want to have a strong emotional bond with their kids and a lot of them maybe feel that hesitation because they grew up in an environment where their priority was not the emotional accountability for their children that was left to their wife their accountability is to bring support them, which is important of course but like that stops them too and each household I think runs it's so case by case you know how it is each family your background wherever and how you grew up and so mm-hmm. for people to have that choice of how they and their partner are going to choose to live their life and have their household that shouldn't be like weighed down by society's pressures or by their family's pressures you know that's like every person and their partner and their children whatever should have a choice of how is this family dynamic going to work you know Mm -hmm. what are some of the issues that you think women still face every day and we have not made much progress on I think I I talked about this a little bit, but I think it's that mental thing more than physical now, because I think it's about us being able to like have that conversation with anybody, have a conversation about like, yeah, you know, I saw this happen in the news where like women were paid in this company this much less. And like for somebody to not scoff at it and be like, oh, gosh, just another feminism thing. You know, there's probably a reason why they got paid less. Yeah, maybe one or two of them got paid less. But when it's the women as a whole who are being paid less than men for jobs that are... You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the biggest thing is the difficulty in having these conversations because it really says something that, like, I feel so much more comfortable starting this conversation. If, for example, is with someone I don't know very well at all, 
that I would be more comfortable if it was a woman than if it was a man. That I have to rely on empathy and sympathy to understand something rather than a basic human right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it shouldn't take somebody having the same experiences as me to understand the importance of something. Then we do not connect with people. You know, I think that's my biggest thing is like being able to have conversations with I'm not saying like men can't have this conversation. Men are the problem. Not at all. Like, And a lot of guys are super, super open minded. So I'm not saying that. But I think it's men and women regardless. But it's that we need that person has to be going through the same thing as us. So it happens to be a woman more often be in this case because it's feminism. So they happen to be going the same thing as us. And so it's easier to talk to them about it or it's easier to talk to certain if you're a minority to talk to your minority about this specific roles of feminism because for example like I'm a Muslim woman or I'm uh, you know from a Pakistani culture and my parents are Pakistani I shouldn't feel like if I have something about feminism that I see like an issue for example in my family or for example in my culture that if I talk to somebody about it man or woman from another culture they're going to assume that it's my culture that's the problem you know that they're going to not be able to empathize and look at the situation case by case they're going to look at it like oh it was a cult you know what I mean it was a cultural thing the ability to individualize somebody and take their issues and talk about them and look at it through a feminist lens but not apply like all of the stereotypes or like all those things because you you weren't in that specific situation so now you don't know how to connect to it does that make sense yeah i feel you i'm olivia shalabi and you are listening to the voices around you with our guest kasum haider where we are speaking about feminism in today's world from our millennial perspective a lot of times I would sit and I would speak to people especially about the wage gap that you brought up so the wage gap exists we cannot say it doesn't exist but I mean again maybe my information is not 100% accurate but I'm like low-key sure of it because I've read (laughs) a lot about the wage gap Um, but again you know you never I don't know Olivia you're a woman how sure are you of where your information is coming from did you ask a man (laughs) you know what I'm a woman what do I know I guess I don't know if you're not in the kitchen what are you doing with facts I don't know (laughs) didn't come from a cookbook you shouldn't talk about i know right (laughs) but you know the wage gap exists but the reality of the wage gap is that it actually exists more between females that are mothers rather than females that are not mothers compared to men because when you look at it men when they have kids and when they become fathers they are not affected by the wage gap like mothers are Mm-hmm. I don't even think men are affected by the wage gap once they become fathers, mm-hmm. but women are affected so much. Mm-hmm. And the treatment in the workplace, I'm not saying all workplaces like treat women differently. I've never really had an issue in any place yeah. I've worked, thank God, yeah. so far. I'm, I've been you pretty know? lucky, yeah. But, you know, I know people that yeah, have absolutely. had really, really <sighs> bad experience at work and they feel discriminated against and you know as humans generally we need money and you know just to live Mm -hmm. so they deal with it Mm -hmm. because they don't want to lose their job and it's not fair yeah you know yeah and like when we talk for example also about the maternity leave women get maternity leave but men don't get it in all countries and like i think they do in denmark and some of Mm -hmm. these like really modern scandinavian countries countries, yeah yeah. Yeah. but in the rest of the world they don't and Mm -hmm. some countries women don't even get maternity leave like it's not even a thing in a lot of other countries and and places here in the u.s actually it's not forced by law i was just gonna say my dad he hires people for a living i was asking about this he's like he's like there's no actual maternity leave you end up having to use all your vacation all your other stuff and that's what men and women have to do and maybe sometimes after they'll maybe low-key give you something but like it's not set in 
can start. But also that by itself, in a way, at least I look at it, is a low-key a form of discrimination because you just had a kid, okay? And you're at home and you're recovering, you know? Mm-hmm. Like going through the process of giving birth mm-hmm. is not an easy process. And mm-hmm. as a scientist, you know what it does <laughs> to the body, you know? You are recovering yourself and you're taking care of an infant. Mm-hmm. And you need help. You need that support. After all, the kid belongs to the mother and the father. It's not only the mother's kid. So that maternity leave and a lot of other, you know, a lot of other things in society affects Mm -hmm. that. But generally, then they will be like, well, she's a mother. She can't come to work a lot. She can't do this. She can't do that. But it's because most of the weight is thrown on the women. And that's just expectations, you know, and it's society. It's difficult. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, because women are the the one out of the two biological genders, the women are the biological gender that has to carry the child, people think that, or like corporations look at it as, okay, if she's pregnant, it's an anchor and it's a weight on us, it's a weight on her. They look at it like a bad thing. They look at it like it's a weakness. But the reality of the situation is this pregnancy, it does not have to do with your work right now like she will compensate for she'll go out of her way like she's still a human being she has not become just an incubator for this fetus and so now has no way to think way to work around it this is life women have been carrying children since the dawn of time Mm -hmm. like we know what we're doing we know how to take care of it we know how to go around it because guess what we end up having more kids so clearly (laughs) like if it wasn't successful we wouldn't do it more than once you know so i just think like corporations tend to look at it like okay she's pregnant like now it's going to be a wait she won't be able to properly think about stuff or like go back to work properly like it's as if it's like something bad you know Mm -hmm. and we really we can't move forward with not only feminism but like as a movement but just as a society and work effectively if we don't give people their respective times to recover you can still look at them as people and it's not a weakness like you don't look at someone who pees as somebody that's like oh you took five minutes away from your work time you know and like you messed up you know this is a weakness <laughs> these are all like bodily functions you know like natural roles that we play in our life like reproduction is what makes us an organism you know so it becomes such a big deal and it's because only one of the genders has it so when the other doesn't and the other happens to be able to work that in you know like linearly without taking a break but one of them physically can't for a short period of time even though they can compensate later for it somehow they end up looking at it like it's a weakness like you you compare the two when you shouldn't be comparing the two because at that moment reproductively they're playing two different roles you know yeah now you want to treat us the exact same way but like you won't when it comes to paying us you know yeah it's because it's logically if i'm a man and i have to get a heart surgery i'm gonna have to take a break off work for a while yeah or if if i get in a bad things happen yeah like like, and (coughs) people take breaks from work yeah and to go normal. and recover and take care of their yeah, health people and, that, and that's just a matter of like corporations just run people into the ground like i was watching this whole document like in japan there's just like this overworking thing is like such a normal thing that people are literally dying at work like it is like it's just that's like a whole nother mess but yeah i would agree it's just like it, it, pregnancy is a whole nother problem like my dad when he trains people to come into the positions and he trains people on his team like you cannot even ask someone if they're pregnant this is not your right to know this information it's none of your business it's not your business and there was a long time you know when women would hide their pregnancies in order to keep doing because 
people would look at it like a form of weakness, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just kind of a thought that it's sad that, you know, you carry all of this responsibility for a human being and you're looked at like at the workplace like it's something weak, you know? But I think there's improvements now for sure. I mean, definitely. The, we've come a long way. So it's not... I was just going to say, like, I think though, like, at least in my generation, I feel like uh, more women are owning it, you know, yeah. when they're pregnant. Like, yeah, yeah I'm creating a life, Right, you know? exactly. And, and it's good. Yeah. And like women would own up to it in their roles and now women can own up to it everywhere like they're going out of their way like in the workplace outside and creatively like in their personal life like it's not something like it's something that's celebrated you know and that's why like pregnancy is pretty like obviously pregnancy is normal but just like pregnancy with the workplace now it's like it happens you do it like just today i was working in the hospital there's pregnant nurses everywhere and they're still working you know and it's good yeah, I mean, being pregnant does not make you like unable to work yeah. unless you know something happens. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I can still do my job. Right, I'm still right, a human. Right. I'm still an employee. Right, right, right. Yeah. So tell me, do you think sexism is stronger towards women of color, or is it the same overall, like here in the U.S.? I think that sexism is the same actually everywhere. But I think that because of maybe the way in which we're subtly like racist or prejudiced or have subtle stereotypes we manifest that sexism differently towards different people you know what i mean we might feel like a homemaker is just a homemaker but the way that we speak about a homemaker being just a homemaker to like a rich pto like caucasian woman versus like a single black mom is different in the way we may bring that stereotype up or bring that sexism up you know Mm -hmm. so i think in my opinion, I don't think the sexism is different. I think the way that we communicate that sexism or the way we think we can speak to people is different depending on what we think of them or their minority or like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think it's I, I think it's actually a matter of how we relate our sexism to our stereotypes and our prejudices of people, you know? And I don't think that people can 100% get rid of their stereotypes, by the way, or their prejudices. This is my opinion because I think like we were made to be very tribal. We were made to like fit into like originally to look at groups and see where would we fit the best and this and that you know and like i think we look at at people and we make judgments and that's i think that's fine to make judgments of people but not the minute we do not make those judgments on skin color and then and then attach a stereotype to that you know what i mean like i wouldn't i'm not gonna sit there and make a judgment on something about somebody that they cannot change because Mm -hmm. like what the hell and also if a person is just a shitty person, to be honest with you, like, that's enough for me to not like them. Like, I don't need their skin color or anything like that at that point. But anyways, what I'm saying is, like, I think that sexism is the same. And I think that we kind of tend to relate that to what prejudices, what stereotypes we have of people. And then we use those stereotypes or prejudices to reinforce or to justify our sexism. Mm-hmm. And I think then that is communicated. Then we end up communicating that. And i absolutely wrong. Like, people should not do it. But I think that it, they're very related. But I don't think that we look at, like, a black woman as more... Like, we're harder on her. In my opinion, I don't think we're harder on her because she's a black woman. I Mm -hmm. think it's because if someone is sexist towards women of subtly about something and then they also take that into account, they might have certain stereotypes, certain prejudice, and maybe they think they can speak a certain way. Whether it's that individual's upbringing, that individual's choices, decisions, mindset, or the way that they were brought up, the environment they're brought up in. It's like discrimination is one thing and there's many different layers and you can choose what layers you want to put together and what layers you want to put or like, you know, oppress people under. Right. And so if you want to oppress women, generally you will. And then if you're maybe a racist as well, then it adds to it as well. Yeah, add that into the cake batter too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So... 
let me ask you this. So you brought up that you're a Muslim woman mm-hmm. and you wear a headscarf. Mm-hmm. So do you think women that wear headscarves face more discrimination than women who don't? Uh, where? Here, in the U.S., in, in the today's US, society. In general. Mm-hmm. Um, face more sexism? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But like I said, because you can say something in an Islamophobic environment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because you can use, for example, stereotypes of oppression. Because you can use like stereotypes of us being like our headscarf somehow makes us like i don't know i don't know what the heck people think like maybe like our brain doesn't work because there's something covering it like okay. i live in minnesota people wear hats 24 7 it's cold as hell so but you know i think that there the sexism is then for example with like you're saying with muslim women sexism can be like it, it will manifest itself in like oh you know what like you like we're oppressed like we do not have the same rights as men and like or we do not deserve the same rights as men and like people think that our religion says that or something and so like i i think we're people are maybe like islamophobic and like they can see it like for example like i wear a headscarf so i'm identifiable as a muslim woman and so people will more often depending on who who someone is like people are really nice to me generally and i just want to say that but if someone is sexist to me, it most of the time someone will be prejudiced towards me because of my religion before they're sexist to me. Mm-hmm. Because that is more of a differentiating factor than me being a woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you can always just mix the two together to your heart's content. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like being Muslim, I think trumps being a woman, basically. <laughs> Excuse the pun, Trump. <laughs> but yeah, like that's, I think me, I think me being a Muslim woman doesn't make the sexism worse i think the prejudice is is worse and then the prejudice might be communicated more because somebody who might be uh prejudice or sexist but prejudice would be someone who isn't a woman usually and somebody who is bigger stronger thinks that they can say it you know so they might say it to me versus like a muslim man maybe looks you know men are they they're not going to get it maybe as much Mm -hmm. so or maybe they'll get it in a different way so I want to touch on this topic a little bit briefly before we end this. And for me, this is very normal. I know it because I grew up in the Middle East. So yeah. I grew up around a lot of Muslims and a lot of Arabs. Yeah. So I am aware of that. But women make the choice to wear the headscarf a lot of the time. It's not forced on them. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And Islamically, that's correct. And I think like any religion, uh, we have to be very mindful about where we're drawing the line between culture and religion, and especially if it is neither the culture or religion that we've lived in. So if we do not, you know what I mean? Like you grew up, like you know, like I've grown up Muslim, I know. Um, and, and still, I cannot speak on behalf of Muslims on the other side of the world where I've never lived, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's really important to differentiate between culture and religion and where people might see something happening that's islamically wrong just because it's culturally in that area happening does not make it islamically correct like women are supposed to wear scarf religiously this is our our religious duty okay and to but you're not supposed to modesty, be forced to but wear we're not supposed to be forced and same with marriage by the way people think that but like our marriage contracts and done in arabic the woman is asking the man to marry her like the and, and so this idea of like Women do not have a choice or should not. This is a very culturally Islamically, your your marriage is not valid if you're forced to marry. Yeah, someone. because she has to say, "I marry myself to you." Yes, you you know that because yeah. you literally hear it in Arabic, and the man says, "I accept." Mm-hmm. You know that, so it's therefore your your marriage is not valid if it's forced because you need to be the one that's saying it consciously. You know, and forced means not just physically, but blackmailed and this and this is not Islamically allowed, and this is not allowed in gen- like common sense wise. So I think. You know, if there are any misconceptions, women are not supposed to be forced to wear. There's no like this is a very key 
verse in the Quran that there's no compulsion in religion. And there's a reason for that. Because ultimately, we believe it's your faith with God and it's your relationship with God. If another human being is forcing you to do that, how far can your relationship with God go? If it's based on what somebody else wants you to do, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and especially if it's done out of force. Like, you know, so I choose to wear it, you know? And like, and it does happen where women are forced as everywhere because we're having this conversation feminism women mm-hmm. are forced to do things that they do not want to do mm-hmm. and it sucks when it's done religiously and it breaks my heart because i know that my religion it did not want this you know that, that our text does not say this so and the majority of us are not like that you know so that's why it, it breaks my heart when people use religion because it's not tangible so you can use it to manipulate just like you can use anything that you, you know you can use it to manipulate people and religion was used historically, mani- historically to, to manipulate people because it's easy because anything you psychologically you use emotions and faith is so personal to every single person it is so easily able to manipulate that's why your mind and your free will are so important you know Mm -hmm. so yeah that's why i think like it's just important as an outsider to understand the difference between culture and religion where you're looking in the world and to understand that religiously islam is very like very pro-feminism you know where it uh, the Arabs gave women rights to property very, very far back, like very far back and 1400s even. So I just think like we have to do our research before we apply movements such as feminism or conscious feminism and say like this religion doesn't do it or does it. You know, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Was it one of the prophet's wife, a businesswoman? A businesswoman, the first wife. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Khadija. She was a businesswoman. She was wealthier than the prophet. She was older than the prophet. <laughs> she asked the prophet to marry her. <laughs> like she did. Like Islam shows us time and time again about feminism and how it was incorporated early, very early on, you know. I just I think it's important for people to understand that people can manipulate religion and people make a religion the bad or the good thing it is. Yes. You know, it's religion is just there and it's at least from my perspective, it's something that's there for you, for your peace of mind, yes. for your spirituality. Yes. But once you get it outside of that context and you manipulate it to use it for different forms, mm-hmm. you can ruin the religion itself yeah. and you can ruin what people think of it. Yeah. And like If, I mean, I'm going to say it, you know, if you look at history, people ruined Christianity back then. Oh, my God. They used it as an excuse to do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. They used it as an excuse when they were enslaving people, when they were colonizing the world. It was it was bad. You know, it was. Yeah. See, that's the thing. And that's to say exactly like the root of Christianity. It's good. It's like any movement. And it's like how we started with like feminism and how a small group of people will manipulate or use something and will change it and the main thing we always have to recognize is what we think as an individual about whatever the thought process is whether it's religion or like any movement like feminism or this or that what we think of it what the text says you know what the majority of the people are thinking saying and doing you know mm-hmm. i think that's the main way to start is there anything i did not ask you that you would like to add or share or bring up <laughs> we started with like three or four questions and we talked about everything so mm-hmm. <laughs> good good that it was only these three or four questions you know you and i could sit and talk I for days swear, we don't even have any chai or anything with us this is just like a bare minimum we had good conversation really good conversation okay kasum thank you so much for coming over today i really appreciate it and this was an awesome conversation i had so much fun talking yeah, to you like me always too. you can just pay me later you know <laughs> oh i don't pay her fyi no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just kidding. Thank okay. you for having me. So that's it for today's podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. This month, we had fantastic different millennial women on the podcast that spoke about different topics such as arts, gaming, and politics from a female millennial perspective. 
If you missed them, make sure to go back and check them out. As always, I'd like to thank KWS for allowing me to use their studios and dwolfmusic.com for the music in this podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Olivia Shalabi.